Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. Oh Lord, place a guard on my mouth. Protect the opening of my lips. Do not let me have evil desires or participate in sinful activities with men who behave wickedly. I will not eat their delicacies. May the godly strike me in love and correct me. May my head not refuse choice oil. Psalm 141, 3 through 5. Oh no, this is a real problem. That's all I could think. I was trying to take out the trash. Emptying the garbage in the Brocious household is a job that no one likes to do. Fortunately, we now have children that are old enough to do it. I rarely take out the trash anymore. I'm usually summoning someone else to do it. But when the kids were small, I didn't have that option. Johanna and I would wind up in kind of an unspoken standoff about every other day. We were each waiting for the other one to blink and take out the garbage. Once the standoff started, it could last a couple of days. The first stage of the standoff would be a game of stuff it harder. When you needed to throw something away, you just pushed on all the trash on the top to make room for your item. We basically became human trash compactors. It was easier to shove than it was to actually take out the trash. But soon, stuffing it no longer worked. So we would move to stage two of our standoff. Stage two is called teeter-totter trash. The game is to see who can stack the highest Jenga tower of trash on top of the can. It's a little messier than stage one, especially when there's leftovers involved. The way the game works is that if you try to throw away your item and you cannot stuff it or balance it, then it's on you to take out the trash. One day it happened to me. I attempted to throw something away. I balanced carefully, backed up, and realized it wasn't going to last. If a kid looked at my Jenga tower sideways, the balance would fall over. I needed to take out the trash. I began to pull on the garbage bag, but Johanna and I had played a very competitive round of Stuff It Harder. The bag wouldn't budge, so I pulled harder. The bag began to tear. I attempted to slide my hands between the garbage bag and the can. I was hoping to get a good grip on the bag and loosen it a little bit. Suddenly, I felt a sharp pain in the pad of my right index finger. I knew immediately what it was. We had broken a glass, and the glass had poked through the bag and had now poked into my finger. I stood there, hunched over the garbage can, unsure what to do. I couldn't get the garbage bag out. My hand was stuck down in the can with glass in it. I realized that the only thing I could do was pull my hand back out and hope the glass didn't cut me more on the way back out. That's what I did, and it hurt. Bad. I still have a pretty terrible scar on my finger. When I told my friend Tim, he looked shocked. You don't put broken glass in a cardboard box before you throw it away? It was my turn to look shocked. That was the best idea I'd ever heard. That idea would have saved my finger. As I think about it, Tim had a lot of smart ideas. He's also the one that taught us to take a towel on long road trips. That way, when you want to eat while driving, the towel can catch all the crumbs and drips instead of your lap. He's a smart guy like that. Psalm 141 is another prayer from David for help with the wicked. In this one, there's a section in the middle that fascinates me. He's praying to God. But before he starts asking for help with the wicked people, he asks for some things that don't seem to quite fit. He asks that God would guard his mouth. He asks that God would remove evil desires and sin from him. And he also asks that godly people would correct him. But David doesn't just ask for correction. He actually gets a little more violent than that. He asks, may the godly strike me in love and correct me. It's pretty intense. 
A lot of us know that as Christians, we will have to be corrected. We view it as a thing that we have to go through because God says so. We know that it's prideful to reject correction, so we brace ourselves and take it. We don't enjoy it, but we know we must endure it. But David went one step further than that. He was actively asking God for it. He wanted God to bring it to him. He was hoping that more godly people would be around him, hitting him with truth. His desire to be righteous was so strong that he was actively asking God for people to punch him with correction. That's a pretty bold prayer. Even as I'm typing this, I can't say that I've ever prayed it before, but it makes sense. As I think about it, Tim made my life better with even those two small suggestions. I've had close friends of mine bring up concerns to me and corrected me in love in a way that really benefited me. I'm thankful they took those risks. Imagine how much more I could learn if I actively prayed and asked for more truth punches. Let's be correctable, people. Let's open ourselves up to the godly people that love us. And let's pray. Dear Lord, please send me people that are bold enough to correct me. Please make sure that they are motivated by love. I pray that you would make me humble enough to hear their corrections. Don't let me refuse them. A couple questions as we close out today. When was a time that someone corrected you and changed your life for the good? And how can you make yourself more correctable? Hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.